What's up, everybody? I'm Danielle. And I'm Rob. Welcome to Streamiverse, a 10-minute podcast rooted entirely in spite. We used to be a podcast about Quibi, but they sent us a cease and desist. So now we talk about everything that streams. Quibi's not the only game in town, honey. We're all stuck at home for the foreseeable future, so let's watch some trash together. Here's what's going on today in the Streamiverse. So we're getting really into tech speak today because I wanted to talk. My friend Andrew Watts, who I think is brilliant, has a newsletter called That's What's Up on on Substack. So if anyone wants to read it, go ahead and subscribe. And the most recent newsletter he put out, he discussed like the state of social media and what's the future of all these networks. Um, And it had some interesting stuff that I sent to Rob and I said, let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Rob, did you have any thoughts on the newsletter? Well, full disclosure, I didn't get to read the whole newsletter. (laughs) Um, Well, basically, he breaks it down and go read. I'm going to give like some bullet points on what is said, but you really should go subscribe if you want um, interesting insight into this sort of stuff. But he breaks them down into there are relationship-driven networks, and those are obviously things like Facebook or Instagram. That's the place where you're going to follow the people you actually know, your friends. And then there are discovery-driven networks, which is like a TikTok or a Twitter. If you see, you know, someone getting retweeted into your timeline a lot, you might go follow them. You don't know them, but it's interesting to you. And then there's creator-driven networks. And that's something I'm super interested in, that... He talks a little bit. uh, Examples of that are like OnlyFans, Substack, Patreon. So those are the Mm -hmm. networks that like creators can take full ownership and say like, you want to read my writing, you want to see my tits, (laughs) and you want to subscribe to my podcast. Like those are the networks people are using. And there's right now a lack or there aren't just aren't as many opportunities for those creators to go and like leverage their audience and directly give their audience something and directly get, you know, compensated in return. So right. something he brings up, which I think is really funny, is the Jeremy Renner app. Well, for a little while, didn't it seem like every celebrity had an app? Or was working um, on an app? There for for when podcasts were early on, every podcast had an app. Can really? you imagine downloading an app to listen to a podcast? No. But yeah. I also, like, I know Kim, obviously Kim Kardashian West had, had an app, but that was a game. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Britney Spears had an app. It, there was a certain <laughs> time where, like, every TV, every star was like, I'm working on my app. <laughs> The idea that Jeremy Renner has his own app is one of the funniest things. Like, I I have no idea why Jeremy Renner would have his own app. Can you explain? Because he's at the forefront of tech innovation. Is he? That's not what comes to mind when I think of Jeremy Renner. Me neither, sis. But he did listen. Of all the Avengers, he's the one who sort of said, "My fans want more." How can I give it to them? And that's, I guess, what the app is. Some some influencers have done this. I'm thinking of like Blogilates, Cassie Ho, who has like millions of subscribers on YouTube. She made an app that was like, a, you, it had a message board. It had like the daily workout because she's a fitness in, um, influencer. Mm-hmm. I think people can make money from that. 
The problem is, is sure. you have to put a lot into that app. A whole yeah. app is so much work. Yeah, I think that there, I think you're right. I think there's certain apps that like, you know, certain creators lend themselves to like actually creating an app for a real purpose. Right. The Jeremy Renner app, I would, it just seems like, you know, rubbernecking Jeremy Renner's life. I have no idea what it's all about. <laughs> Kim Kardashian can create an app about like, you know, but green smoothie recipes and fashion and nails and all it that. It was a game. It was a game. It was a game where you got to like be her friend. Sure. Which is smart. And, and you know, there's in like you were saying, there's fitness influencers who have their own apps, et cetera, et cetera. And that's fine. And that makes sense. Um, does every celebrity need an app? Obviously not. I think what's interesting about, you know, the the new rise of these like creator driven networks is the way that they all intersect. So like you know, Patreon didn't exist when Instagram started or YouTube started. Patreon existed as a solution to these people not being a, a victim of like the platform controlling what they can make and what they can do. Right. Um so we we see that like you know, more and more over time and we've seen it uh, Vic Quibby fell victim to it. You know, they should have had more TikTokers and people on there, like, you know, but that's not the headlining only thing. shows. That's like people bring that up as like, this is how I would save Quibby. I'd give influencers their own shows. That, yeah, that's, that's just one little aspect. Out. That's sure. Not that's correct. just, that's just one little point on the side. I'm saying is that yeah. the more we go into social media and the more that we get into like creator driven apps, is that the rise of, singular people uh having fan bases and like having followings that's the biggest trend that i've seen over time like right. like mkbhd you know him on youtube the tech no. reviewer on youtube no okay so there's a so there's a uh really well-known tech reviewer on on youtube called mk mkbhd uh marquez brownlee he has more followers on youtube than voc than than the verge right you know and he's one person. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's an entire company putting their money and effort and hiring an entire team of people to, like, create a huge following, create this, like, media network. And then there's a singular person who has just been doing tech reviews, who has amassed a larger following than them, and now has arguably a larger voice in the tech space than th that entire company. Right. So, as we see, like you know, that this, you know, what we're calling it is quote unquote, the rise of the creator. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're seeing a, a bigger focus on individual people than like traditional media and like outlets and stuff like that. And these creators are finding a way to leverage all of these different platforms, whether it's the social one, the relationship driven one, or the patronage, the discovery driven one. Um, they're finding a way to leverage all of them to eventually feed into the patronage of their followers, right. which is like the Patreons and the OnlyFans and the Substacks. And so like networks like Twitter and TikTok are great for spreading um, content. And it's almost like if you were to look at like the full ecosystem of all of these networks together, it's almost like a freemium model for mm -hmm. your favorite creator, yes. right? Yeah. So like your freemium model is, oh, you love, you know, 
such and such a porn star. Well, f- you can follow her on Twitter for free, right. or you can get the premium subscription and follow her on OnlyFans, and then you get, yeah. you know. And so we have limited yeah. access in levels to all of these creators. Right. Yeah, and it's just like, like it's interesting to me to think about how far that's going to go and and what's going to be the service or app or whatever that, goes there we touched Mm -hmm. on it a little bit i know this is like (laughs) ridiculous to go back to but that's something that interested me about the call her daddy intro and i know you said like mark maron does it too like calling your listeners like my little whatever she called them i don't even want to go there (laughs) but call like making them part of a community right immediately we do that jokingly with stream millionaires but Mm -hmm. like immediately pulling in them into that is sort of laying just laying the groundwork of like this is the community the community looks up to their little god which is like the caller daddy host yeah and they will do anything to have more access because like you feel like you have such an interaction with them anyway if they're already doing mm-hmm. that but how much more interaction can you get because that's my thing i'm like right. the future has to be more interactive Obviously staying safe, but (laughs) like there has to be right now it's limited to like comments and likes and I guess like, yeah, sending money or or paying. But like what other buttons are there that can be invented? What other actions online that can be done? It's I mean, I think it's scary. I think that you can get people will take whatever you can give them. And I think that like the pinnacle of like, you know, people are more interested in unique personalities and and unique individuals more than they are in brands right now for sure like there was like you know through the gen x and then into like millennial generation like brands i think really had a rise because they became relatable and like whatever and they created like you know good faces for brands that were like cool and hip Mm -hmm. and then as we got into more of these social networks and youtube and everything people started driving more towards the individual and now all they want is unfettered access to their favorite individual Mm -hmm. and the the peak of that is literally just like live stream your whole life like look at daily vlogs you know like how intimate can you get with your favorite person and here's that something you just else that see all the time. Maybe this is why I'm really interested in that and seeing where that goes. My favorite show is Big Brother, where there is a 24 seven live stream in the summer. Not this year yet, sadly, but of watching people just 24 mm-hmm. seven, seeing people in their ha- in their just it's it's not their daily life. It's obviously different from that, but mm-hmm. it's it's so compelling. And yeah. I just want to say, I know we're running out of time, but like one little recommendation for everyone is a documentary. Uh, it's a documentary and I'm forgetting the name, but it's about the guy who did the first Uh-oh. reality show. Essentially, he did it before the real world. And he just set up a camera in his apartment where he lived with he and, him and his girlfriend. And he um, he just broad broadcast his whole life and. It was like a huge thing at the time. And then he did this Soho art exhibit um, with people living in a commune that was broadcast 24-7 online. And it was very early days. This is when you could just like rent a Soho loft for your like stupid art exhibit. (laughs) And it was like nothing. (laughs) So that'll tell you how long ago it was. But like, it's so good. I'm so sorry. I don't have the name, Rob. Stop the videos. Stop the room. Oh, no. Stop here. I'm going to look it up. And then just edit it in. Just edit it in. (laughs) 
Because it's so good. What's that guy's name? We live in public. Hell yeah. Okay, <laughs> so just you'll start it here. Okay, I took a quick break to look it up. It's called We Live in Public. It's a very interesting documentary from 2009. Thomas Jane, I believe, is the guy. Or no, Josh Harris. Sorry, Josh Harris. Um, he's a dot-com millionaire. And he's the guy who did all this stuff. Super interesting. Check it out. Oh, shoot. We ran out of time. But don't worry. We'll be back every weekday for the rest of your lives. To see how this conversation ends, tune in next time on Streamyverse. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share with your favorite stream millionaires. See you in the streamy.